0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film The Remains of the Day. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware that we may spoil the plot for you. Enjoy.
0: Hello hello there to you and to Guy Fieri.
1: Yep, we're rolling out looking for <laughs> Britain's best films about butlers. <laughs>
0: uh, how up. are you today?
1: The show is called Butlers, Butlins and Butts. There you go.
0: Love it, love
1: it. Um funnily enough there's a Butlins very near where my mum has a beach hut where we go um on holiday and it actually looks quite nice you know
0: Yes I have been to a Butlins before the one in Bognor Regis Yeah I think it was the Bognor one Um and it was fine yeah go there's stuff to do for kids
1: there's they got big big water slides
0: Yep and and various games and things like that Um yeah, I when I was a child I enjoyed butlins. I'm not sure whether my family did. <laughs> my parents did. <laughs> just for you. But as a as a kid Um as a kid it was fine. There was stuff to do.
1: Your parents just, just sat there watching. <laughs> just, like, just sat there watching you with well, their intense evil gazes.
0: Well at least they're happy, I think, to themselves. Yeah.
1: At least you're happy, you children.
0: <laughs> you children. Have you ever? That's what I think every time I watch.
1: Sorry, what? Have I been there? No, I haven't been there. Um, We've just walked past it a lot. I think we might get a day pass next time and see what it has to offer.
0: Just go in and have a look. I think you are going to be thoroughly underwhelmed.
1: Yeah, but big water slides. Yeah, yeah. Not age appropriate for my son. Age appropriate for me.
0: (laughs) Just, um, just gaffer tape him to your chest and just go down anyway.
1: Yeah, or just put on one of those one of those baby car- carriers, which is yeah. way too big for now. Just be <laughs> like, "Yep, we're going down,
0: we're going down. You can't, you can't stop us."
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll go into the rap of the song "It's Going Down" by the Executioners.
0: Ah, uh, yes, featuring Mike Shinoda and that's Wayne Static.
1: An absolute banger and probably a forgotten gem, I'd say.
0: Yeah, that's a great. It's a great song. It's going down. Yeah. Um what what else did they do?
1: I've got no idea. I'm looking up. I thought it was like a supergroup.
0: I'm looking up the executioners. Let's have a look at their disc- discography. You're just gonna get
1: lots of pictures of like hooded men holding axes.
0: Well no, because if you remember it was spelt ex Ecutioners.
1: Ah, uh, right. So yeah. <laughs> Good. So good, they good, were good, for good SEO, SEO purposes, yeah, they were ahead of their time, weren't they? Yeah. Unlike now where everyone has to spell their name, even if it's Gary, it'll spell it'll be spelt G V R Z or whatever. So that they can be the only search result for that.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. Churches. Yeah. Um as a as a key example. Oh wow. They did an album called General Patton vs. The Executioners, which was a collaboration with Mike Patton. Oh, okay. I think I, I did know about that. <laughs> I have to listen to this. Uh, we'll, save, um, we'll save
1: that. We'll park that, because that is the exact opposite of this week's film. I just wanted to give you that <laughs> before we start talking about an, a an film about old
0: English butlers. Yeah, can I just—I've I, just there's just one thing I want to tell you about this album. No, no, please, we've got time. Let me read. Let me read out a brief description. The album's musical style draws from free jazz and glitch. Yes. <laughs> it is themed around a war between the two vastly different musical styles. The album contains various samples from uncredited films, including Kung Fu movies and Dirty Harry. Uh, so you're so, gonna say
1: Kung Fu Panda.
0: Kung Fu Panda. Most of the songs are under two minutes long. Um, this sounds like something truly strange, and I must find it. That sounds great. It. Free jazz, glitch, hip hop with Mike Patton,
1: and all songs under two minutes. I appreciate brevity. <laughs> yeah, there's song.
0: only there's only let's see. So there's 23 songs.
1: They could get through that whole that whole album before Neil Pert has tuned his drum kit.
0: Nine of the 23 songs were over two minutes long. Um, so clearly, you know, when when you listen to something that's particularly things that are DJ heavy, like like Executioner's work, um, often you do get that they're often, you know, sample heavy songs under two minutes. So, But Mike Patton, not necessarily known for songs under two minutes. It's so no. a very interesting combination.
1: <laughs> it's quite good that he can do that. And he's also got that, that Phantom Ass album, which is just one long track and it's like 70 minutes of screaming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I do love the the one track albums. Jizu have one like that as well. Um, yeah, if you know if you know the the strange experimental band Jizu. Yeah, it's yeah. just just the guy from Godflesh. Um, it's uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, so yeah, get g- gimme gimme this, gimme this very odd. Combination of, of styles. I want it.
1: This is what we need. We need nostalgia for stuff like that instead of nostalgia for Space Jam.
0: <laughs> yeah, Space Jam, get in the big. We need
1: nostalgia for a time when video was being put onto Game Boy Advance cartridges. but Those <laughs> which, were the good old days. They don't which make I don't like those I, anymore. I, I...
0: a a little bit of context for our listeners um i i broke paddy's mind today by revealing to him that the movie shrek was released on the game boy advance as a cartridge um with incredibly poor video quality the uh the the aspect ratio (laughs) of of the game boy advanced was is something horrible if any of you had one you know that the screen was tiny um
1: at the time it was revolutionary. I mean playing those games was amazing, but it's not meant yeah. for film.
0: No, no. So so the yeah, the aspect ratio uh the, the resolution is two forty by one sixty pixels.
1: <laughs> that is like that a is, tiny corner of your screen.
0: Yeah, a tiny, tiny thing. If you can imagine watching a heavily compressed uh version of Shrek on that screen, that is what the future was circa 2002
1: <laughs> someone's posted it on youtube where they've put like the regular one and then the Game Boy advanced version side by side and it just keeps like glitching out and playing horribly and you know when the sound is all like fuzzy and distorted and oh janky, yeah, it's like that that's great
0: I mean, I think it's truly, you know, at least they were they were trying those kind of things. You know, having having a mobile phone that could could play video was really far away at this point. And
1: it was a time when filmmakers had ambition. You know, today's <laughs> filmmakers have got no ambition. No, no filmmaker gets up today and goes, "I'm gonna see if a film can fit on a tiny game cartridge."
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't see filmmakers nowadays going, you know what? I'm gonna see if this could be played. <laughs> On a Game Boy Advance.
1: It's all just handed to them. You know, we can just watch yeah. it on our fil- on our phones now. It's all too easy. It's too Kids easy. Kids these days, they don't where's know the they're
0: ch- born. Where's the challenge? Yeah.
1: What are you doing about that, James Cameron?
0: Speaking of nostalgia... First director
1: that came to mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of nostalgia for shit times in history, let's talk about... Uh, the remains of the day, which I don't necessarily think has nostalgia for shit times in history, but it is an era that often we do have nostalgia for in this country.
1: Yeah, isn't it? It's it's an interesting, um, a very interesting piece from that point of view. Actually, it's sort of um, Stevens. It's most of it is about a man looking back on his life with some nostalgia, but the ending is very much trying to make you think that he's looking forward, even though you're not quite sure, isn't it? Just to skip to the end right there. Yeah.
0: Spoiler alert for the themes of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm
1: going to put that in the the spoiler alert thing that I always do at the beginning of the show. We might spoil the themes for you.
0: (laughs) We might spoil the themes for you.
1: If you're studying the remains of the day on your degree, don't listen to this show. (laughs) or do please cite it
0: yeah no yeah please do please do um so so yeah so i think you know when you look at not the remains of the day but if you look at other things that are kind of done in in this time period um maybe you're looking at things like downton abbey for Mm. instance um where you're looking at the the aristocracy in the not quite modern era the pre-world war ii era there is this kind of um there is this kind of nostalgia for it amongst people and i yeah. I, I think it's always existed hasn't it um and it it comes into a theory that i have and sorry to bring up politics very early in this sh- well it was show. gonna happen wasn't it, it was going it was going particularly in a in a film about nazis like the remains of the day. I think we were always going to have a political <laughs> discussion at some point. Stephen's about... the
1: butler Nazi hunter.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, we can we can talk more about that later on when we get onto it. But I feel as though, and I think it's one of the reasons behind the conservative nature of some of this country is there's almost this uh, suppressed desire for the aristocracy to continue running our lives, where it's almost seen as oh, yes. this very... Um, pleasant British thing to have these rich elitist weirdos with no chins um, <laughs> running, yeah, running the, our lives.
1: The deference that a lot of people have is just is just mind-boggling. And it continues to this day. It's the the, the only reason that Boris Johnson is in power. You know, in well, any yes, reasonable exactly. nation without this ridiculous sense of we must defer to people who are posh and talk posh and were, you know raised in a wealthy aristocratic family you know in a, in any other sane nation a man who had written the things he had written the man who had done the things that he's done all the terrible things that he's done would never have been elected to that level of office so we've learned nothing from the remains of the day have we which <laughs> we is why Ishiguro have. is now writing fantasy instead <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like he he decided um that looking at Britain after the remains of the day he got so depressed that he decided you know what, I'm going to write something more lighthearted and write about clone children having their organs harvested. Yeah, it's going to be really uplifting. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um but yeah, I do think that that is, you know, like, you you hit the nail on the head with Boris Johnson is um in this country we almost have a Inherited deference to the aristocracy that we've never got quite over. And obviously the main root of this is we still have a royal family who claim to be, you know, this, this neutral party in spite of the fact that they're constantly, um, pushing politicians to do things that they want behind the scenes which has been revealed multiple times in the last few months that actually yeah. this so-called neutral family is consistently trying to work in their own interests and use the power that they have uh to do that um and and that goes through to the the idea of the aristocracy and and, and i think you know um thematically the remains of the day is very much around that is you've got this person who for want of a better word has been Uh, cucked by society (laughs) into supporting the aristocracy in spite of the fact that it is doing nothing to service him that it's uh betraying his own family that it's leading to him to have an unfulfilled life um that he has to literally support nazis to do it because it's what he does um and 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 that's the kind of tragedy at the heart of the remains of the day. Yeah. I was gonna say is... you're getting
1: straight to the heart of it here, which is that he he doesn't realise that he's unfulfilled, does he? He he thinks no, exactly. that it's a hundred percent fulfilling to be in this completely deferential role of a butler to the aristocracy. Like that to him is complete one hundred percent fulfilment. But what's amazing about the film and the book um is that that never seems that that you is that you believe it don't you it's the, his 100% ded- dedication whenever any character is like that um is sort of 100% on anything you're always a bit like well that character is not complex and he's a very complex character but it's always like yeah you think you, you never quite believe it but in this you believe it 100% and that's down to the both yes, the source yeah, material exactly. and Anthony Hopkins's performance as well
0: yeah yeah 100% i mean this is uh, i don't think i've read the book um I think I have seen this film before. Um, going into it, I was like, how much of this do I know? But actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But I I think I've seen the film before. I don't think I've read the book. Um, although I, I've read other Ishiguro works
1: before. It's well worth reading. It's it's great. I mean, if, if you've seen the film, you know it. But there, there are a couple of small things they did with the film where just sort of like combining characters and that kind of thing. There's a, a deleted scene, actually, that they filmed. So the bit in the film... In the book, it's where, in the film, it's um, Emma Thompson, Miss Kenton says to him, um, oh, you know, some pe- people like the the end of the day the best, and that's what the, the titular remains of the day are. Um, in the book, there's that sort of a bit more, um, he has a conversation with another old butler that he like randomly meets on a park bench, and they filmed that and didn't include it, and they sort of rolled that into Emma Thompson's character, and there's little things like that. Um, but overall it's incredibly faithful to the book and it did a great job of representing it. So I'd say you probably don't need to read it, but if you were to get round to reading it, you'd have a great time. Well,
0: yeah, I'm, I, within, uh, uh, <laughs> within reason. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I really love his other work. Um, so I, I may well read it at some point. I've got an awful lot of um, reading to get through. Yeah, um, But at some Same. point I would like to. They just um, keep
1: making books is the problem.
0: I mean, that is the problem. Can you have Even a Even though
1: books are for nerds.
0: I mean, books are for nerds, but unfortunately we have more and more nerds every year. Seems as though there are more nerds than ever before. They just keep making nerds. It's just people with pocket calculators.
1: Um, People uh, wearing those watches where it's like a Casio calculator. Did you ever have one of those?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I never had one of those, but I know what you mean. I never had one, but I was
1: jealous of my friend who did have one.
0: (laughs) Jealous of the ultimate nerds um yeah for us people who could never quite reach that level of nerd um but yeah it's it's <laughs> what were we talking about before how they make to too many talk? books yes i'll I'll have yeah. a
1: word with the book yeah. the book people
0: yeah have a have a word with with mr books uh, yeah. which i believe ian is books, <laughs> ian books. <laughs>
1: dear mr books please stop um,
0: please please stop You're just have a day off a cool guy who doesn't yeah. read your books um no
1: I and mean, it even includes a photo of me. Uh, it says a cool guy, and I'm wearing like a, a flame shirt, like Guy Fieri. and I got my hair slicked back and wearing sunglasses.
0: I mean, the ultimate, the ultimate cool guy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so for 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 those who have not seen or read the remains of the day, it's the story of a truly cucked man. <laughs> who he is a butler, um, at a fancy house. A butler in England. to
1: Lawrence Fox's dad
0: to Lawrence Fox's dad that's right um who uh who basically um is incredibly devoted to his role um there is a new member of staff brought on board Miss Kenton played by Emma Thompson um and they have a sort of um fractious relationship um and it goes into their relationship into the history of the house uh, in the run-up to the second world war Um, but the whole framing device is around him going to see her after the war and after they're the new owner of the house yeah Um, and um, him continuing to be cucked by history Um, (laughs) and
1: by the aristocracy and
0: by the aristocracy yeah
1: and the, the book just incidentally is from his point of view so what's it's a, it's a great example of an unreliable narrator. And, you know, he's looking back on events fondly and stuff. And you're sort of looking at it going, in his recollection, you can tell that there was chemistry between him and Miss Kenton that he never acted on and such. So that's, I guess, what you get from the book, Um, is it being from his point of view. But the film, I think, still does an amazing job of getting that across.
0: Oh, good, yes. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, do, I don't have any complaints about the film at all. I think it's fantastic um and you know you've got these incredible performances across the board you know anthony hopkins in this is great um i think
1: it might be my favorite performance of his although i've not seen any of the um the animal lecters so have
0: you not you haven't seen any of the hannibal lecter movies no i've just never seen the lambs
1: no i know i know what it is he's a he's a scary cannibal man
0: He's a scary cannibal
1: man. He eats his liver with a nice Chianti.
0: And it's fairly transphobic. That's the thing that people don't talk about with, uh, with Silence it? of the Lambs. Yeah, well, tangent here, but Silence of the Lambs is sort of transphobic because the main villain in it is not a trans woman, um, but he does dress up as a woman by literally skinning women and making a suit out of women's skin. Oh, Spoiler that's right. For, yeah. For. So it's not uh, it, it it is transphobic, I'd say. The the book is a bit more complex and 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 the film also talks about trans people and says, you know, no trans people aren't dangerous and they're not violent. There's more more violence against them. Um which is all which is all true. Uh turfs get out of our podcast. Um yep.
1: don't listen, please. Don't don't
0: listen. We don't want you. Go away. Um yep. <laughs> but it still kind of ties into those those tropes of it being a deceptive man trying to be a woman in a way that that has yeah, had some critiques, yeah. particularly in recent years. So it's it's not as bad as J.K. Rowling's recent book. Um it's not as bad as as movies like Psycho, for instance um but it is still transphobic um so that's something to bear in mind but it's a it's a relatively minor part of it so you can watch it without that being the the key takeaway of it yeah
1: if you Um, want your your hot cannibal action we're not going to judge you for getting it no 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 you know the
0: silence silence of the lambs is still a fantastic movie it's just it's 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 problematic to use an overused phrase um in 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 certain ways
1: and, you know, I know that that's his iconic performance, but yeah, I haven't seen it. So to me, Remains of the Day is his number one.
0: You you should 100% watch that. And also you should watch Red Dragon, which is the uh, original Hannibal Lecter novel. Um, yes. So it, it was first filmed as Manhunter back in the 80s and everyone's yeah. got amazing 80s hair, but then they did Silence of the Lambs. Um, and after that, they then did a kind of reshooting of Manhunter as Red Dragon, Um, I think it was in 2000 or something around then. Um, So it's a bit odd because Hannibal Lecter is meant to be younger than he is and he's just got loads of makeup on to try and make him look a bit younger and it doesn't really work. Um, But that's a a really great um, serial killer horror film. Um, hmm. Where Ed Norton is is the lead detective playing Will Graham, uh, Hannibal Lecter is Anthony Hopkins again, but then you've got Ray Fiennes as the serial killer this time around, and he puts right. in the, one of his best performances. You know, when you look at Ray Fiennes and his various brilliant performances, I think that his performance as Francis Dollarhide in Red Dragon is actually up there among his best. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely definitely worth watching. But I think I, I I think Anthony Hopkins has put in so many great performances over the year. I never watched um The Far was it The Father or was it Is that the one where he's the pope? The Father. That-
1: yeah. Where he's an old an old man.
0: No, yeah, The Father's the old man. One The Pope one is Oh, the two literally popes. Called, literally called The Two Popes. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> Not The Sexy Pope. Oh, that was Not the one the se- with Jude Law.
0: Yeah, that was Sexy Pope. He's brewing in Sexy Pope. Hey, um, <laughs> he's also in, you know, but he's put in so many great performances over the years. You've got uh, the Westworld TV series, which is which is brilliant oh, I as well, seen that. Um, which, which is very, very good. He was um, in um,
1: Bram Stoker's Dracula, which we talked about recently. Yeah, well, he was
0: he was he was um, Van Helsing, Van Helsing. Yeah. truly fantastic in that um, he was King Hrothgar in the terrible Beowulf movie. Um, oh, what the piece? Sh- the ship piece. The, anim- the ship piece, weird animated yeah. one.
1: Yeah, if you ever wanted to
0: watch CGI Anthony Hopkins uh, uh, alongside uh, CGI Ray Winston. That film Um, is truly
1: awful. I know we've talked about it before. (laughs)
0: I think I saw it in the cinema. I saw it in the cinema. A truly terrible film. Um, It could have been great, but it's the fact that it's... It's it's the fact that it's the awful CGI, and then I think we talked about this list last time, but the fact that obviously Beowulf fights Grendel for the first time completely naked. That that's ca- <laughs> yeah. that's canon to Beowulf. For anyone listening who hasn't read it, he he's fully naked fighting this monster. That's actually what happens in in the in the epic poem, um, and they they that do that. That doesn't mean it's not funny. Film. It doesn't mean it's not funny, um, and they do it in the film. But like, there's always a little bit of steam or smoke covering his junk yeah. in the scene, um, yeah, and it looks like it's coming so off his balls. Yeah, it's just so stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. But we should we need to watch Beowulf at some point. I don't know how we can spin it for this podcast, but we need to do it. Um, oh, it could be
1: a Halloween probably. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, one, of, yeah. one of them in the when we bridge from regular stuff to hallo- to horror films. Maybe that's one of our bridge yeah, films. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but then you've also got um is it the mask of Zorro or The Return of Zorro? The one with Antonio Banderas Return
1: in. Turn of the Zorro. Um yeah I think I haven't seen that one The Mask of wow, Zorro which, there is, you go. which
0: is so good um Catherine Zeta-Jones and Antonio Banderas um being the sexiest couple in an action movie ever nice. um truly brilliant movie Anthony Hopkins is old Zorro from back in the day Antonio Banderas is young Zorro um it's one of the best action movies ever Brilliant, and there's enough romance in it that we could actually talk about that. So yeah, oh great, we we do need to talk about the Mask of Zora at some point because you need. to We should have
1: it. a. I know. I keep jumping on themes, so we should have like a swashbuckle month. Yeah, we should. We should. That would be good. We, we do that. Um, we do the Princess Bride. We oh do, yeah. What else could we do? dog Dogtanyan and the hounds the film which is coming out soon.
0: Is is it actually? Is yeah, yeah. They thing? made a.
1: They made a film. Wow. Thirty years after it was popular for no reason. <laughs>
0: We could watch one of the Three Musketeers movies though. I'm sure there's um I'm sure there's romance in them. We could watch yeah. the one with um uh that was made by Paul W.S. Anderson. Well there you go. Your favorite guy. <laughs> My favorite guy. Your main uh, man. With um uh with Orlando Bloom in a big airship. It's, it's yeah. great.
1: Or what's what's the Robin Hood one with the Brian Adams song? Everything oh that's true yeah
0: okay so yeah do when do you either. want to do squ- swashbuckling month
1: swashbuckling month did we have anything lined up for september maybe that's swashbuckle month and then we yeah end okay so we'll
0: go we'll go straight from emerson to um <laughs> to, to swashbuckling month so so okay hold on hold on i'm making a note of this so what are we doing yep. for swashbuckling month it's uh
1: the mask of zorro mask of zorro the princess bride um robin hood prince of thieves and Beowulf.
0: <laughs> Beowulf just does not does not that, sit here. That's our, bridge, that's
1: our bridge from swashbuckling to horror.
0: Okay, there we go. I mean, I'm very excited to talk about three of those movies. Well, I'm excited to talk about all of those movies with you because <laughs> legitimately three fantastic films and then Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very excited to talk about Beowulf with you as well. It's a... Uh, it's a something to be something that needs to be seen i think um oh this is going to be great but but yeah um but a good, a, quite right? a good
1: yeah a left turn from emma thompson month uh, emma thompson in this yeah. film is fantastic though and, <laughs> and i'm she, trying she, to think she if is, she's done yeah, any swash yeah. buckles but i don't think she has but she should has she
0: buckled any buckled any swashes has she buckled a swash um let let, let I'll, <laughs> I'll have i'll have a look but whilst what was he talk about Um, whilst i look for that we can we can talk about you know anthony hopkins an incredibly versatile performer he's done all sorts of different movies over the years successful pretty much in everything even when the movies are bad he's one of those people that has that kind of charisma and energy that makes things worth watching um and when he's in something which is actually good it truly captures something brilliant when he's in it. And I think The Remains of the Day is one of these movies where he's pitch perfect. The movie uses him perfectly. Um, and, and everyone, to be honest, everyone in this movie is great. You know, Emma Thompson is, is really brilliant. Um, Christopher Reeve is fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, people forget how great he was. Because um, everyone's
1: just watching that going, it's Superman.
0: Yeah, well yeah exactly but but he's he's he is truly brilliant um and you know um but was was in lots of lots of great things obviously you think about the superman movies superman one and two are, are great movies yeah um i will not i will not hear a bad word about them but you know he he did some really great stuff over the years um and it's great to see him in something that's very different from what he's normally cast in and what he's normally remembered for here mm. um as well um so um so yeah so that that's good then obviously you've got lawrence fox's dad
1: (laughs) yeah being Um, lawrence fox's dad and actually i think he is really good in this as well
0: yeah yeah no he is he is um where it it would have been easy for that character to become very two-dimensional um but instead there is that complexity in there where it's you know it's the it's the echo chamber of the aristocracy isn't it you know these these very fascistic dangerous ideas that are just accepted and bounce around this very small group of people because they have no, they deliberately have no understanding of the world around them because they don't, they don't need to know it. They don't want to know it. Um, and, and there, these ideas are allowed to fester and and grow.
1: There's a really pivotal scene that demonstrates that, isn't there? Where, um, one of his horrible posh mates is asking Stevens, the butler, his opinion on like political stuff. And Stevens knows he's not supposed to have any political opinions or any independent thought as a butler. So he's just like, I'm sorry, sir. I cannot help with that request in response to everything. And James Fox is just kind of watching him and the look in his eyes is one of concern and sort of wanting to defend him, but knowing that it's just his butler. You know, why would I defend my butler when I've got when my rich, influential mates are here? And it's like you there's just that slight hint of empathy from the aristocracy character, but ultimately the aristocracy still wins. And that, that seems just painful, isn't it? Painful um, to yeah, watch.
0: Yeah. Um Particularly, you know, you've got this, he's an incredibly intelligent man, just completely trod on by this other person because they just decided, you know what, I don't, we, this, this can be used as an opportunity for me to, um, to showcase my, my superiority and why we should not give people the vote is their <laughs> their eventual yeah. uh their eventual argument um and um, and yeah it's it's chilling but but obviously very very true for the way in which um you know um the the sort of Nazi movement was accepted amongst the aristocracy, you know, um, worldwide, not just in you know you think about the the support for the Nazis in the the upper classes in Germany, which was very prevalent. Um, the way that the, the the conservative party in in Germany is the one that basically facilitated the rise of the Nazis, um, as well. It's worth pointing out. Welcome to to history cast here. Um, the the Nazi party never had enough votes to ever become a majority party in its own right in Germany. Never yeah. happened. Even when they had SA members standing inside voting booths, beating people up if they didn't vote for the Nazis, they never received that 50% to to get into power on their own. Um, they would always have been dependent on a coalition. And the party that facilitated them both very much in their early days, giving them support, giving them a voice, and very much in the later days where they actually led to them getting into power was the equivalent of our conservative party at the time that thought you know what these people can be a good tool for us to use Um, and we agree with a lot of their their policies and a lot of their ideas so let's use them to maintain power and make sure the socialists don't get in and lo and behold it did not work Um, and so there was a lot of people think about it being this large um, popularist movement but actually the nazis never had that support among the lower classes it was the middle classes the upper classes uh, a surprising amount of students as well Um, but a lot of those ideas festered amongst the the upper classes in germany and there was a lot of support for them amongst the the upper classes in england as well um which is which is what a lot of this movie centers on and the how dangerous those ideas are and how pushback was often met with ridicule
1: yeah. And you've got Hugh Grant as well, who's his um his, like godson, who sort of seems to be tolerating it. And then at the end, he th- he's like, and he says to Stevens that they're friends. And Stevens is just sort of like, oh, I, I suppose we are. I'd never really given it a thought because I'm a butler.
0: I'm a butler. I'm not the same class as you. You should not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like <laughs> ranting and raving about how awful it is that his uncle's supporting these ideas. or whatever, And Stevens is just like, yeah, okay. I'll bring you some more whiskey. It's three in the morning. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, But it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a chilling movie at times in that regard, isn't it? It's, um, it really showcases class divides in a way that very few movies do. If they focus on, on a country house, um, one that stands to mind is i don't know if you ever read the book the little stranger
1: no um sarah waters so it's a
0: sarah waters book um that's a it's a phenomenal novel um turned into a pretty good film back in 2018 um with donal gleason um and, and ruth wilson in and again that talks about it's a lot there's a lot more friction in the class structure there um where it's it's post-war the 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 patriarchal figure of the house now the 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 sort of uh the male figure in the family was was injured in the war as a as a pilot um and um Donald gleason who is a young commoner who visited the house as a youngster um is brought in as a doctor to look after this brother um right and, and develops a relationship with with the the sister um But again, it's all tied up in that kind of class, um, that class structure um, and the frictions there and and you cannot overcome it. And it's kind of it's sort of a ghost story, kind of, which is what the book is as well. But really, the the ghost is the slow crumbling of the traditional class structure after World War Two um yeah which sounds incredibly pretentious when i put it like that but that's <laughs> really one of the one of the main themes of it um which yeah so it's, so it's got those kind of similarities there um but um but yeah it, it it is an interesting movie in that regard and i think those are the things that really you know the, the the character stuff in the remains of the day is fantastic but what really drives it is that thematic strength i suppose
1: yeah the theme themes are very, very strong, aren't they? But ultimately, you don't even necessarily think about that because you're just watching. Yeah, you're w- watching a lot of painful scenes of a man coming up against every opportunity to say, I have emotions. I am a real person with thoughts and feelings and stuff. And he never does. But again, it never feels tedious that it's kind of every time you know he's never going to do it. He's never going to say it. He's never going to be like, Miss Kenton, I love you. It's it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's it's never going (laughs) to... But you always feel like it might.
0: It's never going to be, Father, I, I wish that you could retire. Um, it's never going to be, Miss Kenton, I love you. It's never going to be, uh, sir, I do wish that you wouldn't hang out with literal Nazis.
1: There's an amazing shot of him behind his father when he's telling him that like his duties are being cut down. And his dad's kind of facing the camera and he's standing behind him, so he's not even looking him in the eye when he's telling him this thing. And a lot of the conversations and the way they're shot are like that, where it's like they're in shadows or they're kind of facing mm, away yes, from each yeah. other. And there are loads of shots like that where it really, really emphasizes the huge gulf between him and other people. It's yes, really well yeah. put together. As well. It, it is.
0: It is that structural creative side of this movie. It, it all emphasizes that disconnect between them. And it's, it's so well done. It's, it's really brilliant.
1: Yeah. But the, what's amazing about the father thing is so tragic about it is that his dad comes into the house to be an under butler. So it turns out his dad was a butler as well. Um, there's not too much more about their family history explained but he then starts sort of covering up for his dad's mistakes and hiding the fact that he's getting too old to do the job which obviously that's sort of out of compassion but then when it's like when it's ever actually addressed he's always like just kind of going about his duties and ignoring it and even when his father dies he's too busy dusting a vase or something and they're all asking him like stuff like oh, would you like me to close his eyes and stuff and he goes yes I would like that very much and then he's off carrying a tray
0: yes yeah it's um it's yeah it's it's really tragic um and you know it's another um it's it's another sort of it's it's another case of of the machine destroying these human relationships isn't it and it's it's yeah. it's so well done and you know you you have these moments where you're just like you you're seeing this destruction in slow motion almost and there's nothing you can do to stop it it's just kind of happening and it, it again it falls kind of into the british stiff upper lip as well which is a very prevalent um you know, a theme of this movie as well is, you know, oh, yes, keep calm and carry on. Um, And you can never take a moment to, to recognize it or spend proper time with other people because duty is all that there is.
1: Duty, yeah, that's it. That's the word that so often comes up. And it's all, that's what people think, it's their duty to defer to the upper classes, don't they?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the, the same logic is applied to the support for um, Nazism and fascistic ideas, isn't it? Where they're always like, we have a duty to protect ourselves and to protect our people and to protect our way of life and all this kind of shit.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, um, it it, um, it all ties into um, the sort of ideas of, of of what fascism is. You know, you look at the... Um, Umberto Eco's 14 Features of Fascism, hmm. and um, which is always, you know, Umberto Eco did a lot of uh, a, a lot of writing that isn't the the fascism essay, but that's obviously the thing that always gets brought up because there seems to be an yeah. awful lot of fascists around at the moment. Um, but um, I just started
1: reading a book of his actually, The Island of the Day Before. Have you
0: read that? Oh, one? okay. I haven't. No,
1: it's um. I think it came out in the early '90s. It's, it's a fantasy about a guy, like a guy stuck on an island time loop. It's it's yeah. It's amazing. He's amazing.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. No. He, he he really is. Um. But if you if you look at the fourteen sort of features of fascism, and then you compare it to the structures in place in the remains of the day, you've got uh, the cult of tradition. Tick next to that one. You've got the rejection of modernism tick next to that one disagreement is treason tick next to that one fear of difference tick next to that one yeah um you've got um the enemy is both strong and weak as well um which i think it sort of that ties into the ideas there as well so ticks next to that one um contempt for the weak tick next to that one um it's it's it really it really ties into um, into those ideas. You've even got the idea of of new speak and structure around vocabulary, mm. which which all ties into things like you must not refer to these people by their first name if they're um, if they're not if if they're at a level above you. Um, if they're a level under you, you're allowed to refer to them by their first name, except in this circumstance. In this circumstance, there there's this complexity to the way that that servants are allowed to speak. Um, and and so yeah I, I think there there is this 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 fascism creeping through the movie um and you know the the real cost of that is showcased by the 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 um, the Jewish servants that are taken away, that are, mm. that, are that are cast out and we, we don't want you here anymore. Um, but also through the, the just sheer destruction of people's lives.
1: And then later on, he tries to get them back, doesn't he? He realizes that he's kind of blindly followed this this idea that's been passed on from the Nazis, that Jews are bad. And then he's like, he like asks them to try and locate them to hire them back. And of course, it can't be done. You know, it's yeah. too late at yeah. that point. But again it it shows that there's some compassion hidden in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'd say that's probably one of the um one of the least realistic parts of this because there was an awful lot of anti Semitism in Britain at the time as well. Um let's not pretend that the, the anti-semites at the time were misguided we had people like like oswald Mosley, <laughs> yeah yeah lead, leading the charge over here as well um so so the idea of anti-semitism wouldn't have been a foreign concept to uh to english people
1: no and there's um, a an the oswald Mosley like character in the book who's a bit more fleshed out
0: mm, mm. um who is a real piece of shit old oswald mosley i don't think that's that's controversial to say no fucking absolute dickhead (laughs) (laughs) an actual fascist heard it here first an actual fascist is an actual dickhead um huge if true (laughs) but but again you know oswald mosley is a he's he's a prime example of someone who um show showcases that fascism comes in different forms because he used to be a Labour Party MP for God's sake. Yeah you know, um before before becoming a fascist, you know. Um always a member of 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 major political institutions, started out as a Conservative Party member, um, you know, um and but but then became this fascist. Um what I didn't realise was he didn't bloody die till nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah. It lasted forever what an arsehole <laughs> um but yeah I, I i did find i did find those kind of elements of the remains of the day really interesting um how it ties up the the political um the the political aspects of that time frame but in a very personal way
1: because really, the the politics is the backdrop, isn't it? The the politics and the history and all of the stuff that's really, really well done and well portrayed and is really interesting in this film is the backdrop for um, a non-starter romance, for a tragic romance and a, a tragic man. And it's that yeah, story, it, isn't it, it? And Ishiguro is the exactly. master of that as well in that they talk about Never Let Me Go and it's like the kind of... The, the sort of sci-fi futuristic organ harvesting setting is just the backdrop for a story of friendship and romance,
0: right? Yeah, precisely, precisely. And I think that's what makes both sides of the story so powerful as well, is often when you look at movies that are set in this time period and and have discussions about, you know, the the impeding war or the war in general, it's stuff like Winston Churchill doing a speech. It's all very on the nose. That's the kind of forefront. But actually...
1: I never want to hear about Winston Churchill ever again. <laughs> But We've what, progressed what gets- past the need for Winston Churchill.
0: <laughs> what about Churchill the dog giving you good car insurance deals, I want to say those adverts are for? I'll, I'll allow it. Is it car insurance? I think um, so. I
1: think he does the whole lot.
0: Oh, it's all, all insurance, is it? Yeah. Oh, I see. He's moved up in the world. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, often what gets ignored in those things is the personal story. Um, but in fact, the personal story is what drives uh understanding and attachment in an audience where mm. yeah you can watch a war movie and just be like ah war wars bad yeah. but if you're watching something like private this you can ryan got saved and war <laughs> yeah. is bad uh, and i'd say that that private ryan is one of those movies it's a little bit there's a little bit more of a human attachment to it um and i think dunkirk is another example where i know you've not seen it because I'm never gonna you watch have that. no interest in watching dunkirk but dunkirk does an awful lot focusing on individual people um which which is which is how you need to do those movies and still have that kind of attachment to it but i think the remains of the day is is exemplary at telling that personal story and it is a story of romance but it's a story of how that romance is impacted by the world around them as well you know this this isn't a person who is on his own desires, and the reason he's not acting on his own desires is because he's within this class structure and this this work structure that he believes it would be heretical to to act on what he actually wants to do, which is a mm. true tragedy.
1: Yeah, sure, and and you're right that Ishiguro gets it. Merchant Ivory Productions gets it. Everyone involved in this film gets it that, yeah the the way you demonstrate anything is filmist in film is to give it that kind of personal hook, isn't it and that's done here just expertly isn't it
0: yes, yeah, one hundred percent um and you know th- th- there's other stuff going on um you've got um you've got a little bit of a a, a Game of Thrones reunion just to let you know because you've got Peter Vaughan playing the dad who's who is in Game of Thrones oh yeah, um but then you've also got Lena Hedy as well Wait,
1: um how old was peter Vaughan in this film because he must have been ancient <laughs> in game of thrones not he, he a- was ages.
0: ancient he was ancient in game of thrones as well um but yeah and then you got lena Hiddy as well um he obviously was was cersei lannister um so right. it's nice to see nice to see her early in her career as well um in in stuff too because um, you always think of her in stuff from sort of like 2005 onwards, but actually, you mm. know, she's had this very, very, you know, established long career. Um, but, um, but speaking yeah, speaking of Game kind of Thrones, of...
1: have you seen that that hole is going to be filled by Amazon's new Wheel of Time series this year?
0: Yes, you've got Wheel of Time. They just uh, released some this... images. Oh, have they? Yeah, there Ooh, are some pictures. I'm going to look. I'm going to look this up now. Having read, I think I read the first two books and was like this is cool um and this then i realized it cool, goes like on forever 13 there was 13 more yeah. <laughs> um yeah
1: i i um got up to like book 10 and then stopped and then i started I, and a reread so i'm on like book four and i'm reading about five other books as well so i'll never get around to it but like it's i loved it and i'm really really excited for this series i'm sure i'll get around to game of thrones at some point but this i feel like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna grab hold of this
0: yeah, I mean, uh, Game of Thrones is, is very good. Um, it does lose its way a little bit at the end because the guys involved rushed it out to go and work on Star Wars and then they got kicked off Star Wars because they clearly had no good ideas. Soz, guys, thanks for ruining your legacy of the one thing that people will remember you for to try and chase up <laughs> something else. Well, these um, the guys.
1: So they walked off the set of Game of Thrones, walked into the writing room for Star Wars, went, Palpatine had sex, nostalgia, and then they walked out.
0: No, so they were going to be working on something new. I think the Palpatine had sex angle. I don't know if it had been established by that point or not right um, okay but but clearly things did not work out between them and and lucas film behind the scenes and so they they got dumped <laughs> unceremoniously afterwards um so it's like well done on ruining game of thrones by by stopping from doing any more seasons of it and rushing it all into one last season guys we really appreciate it um but yeah i'm, I'm looking at this image now people walking through a field rosamund pike yeah, um, which is excellent casting as the character that I forgot forgotten the name of Moiraine. She's like Moiraine. Main, that's right. Yeah, the main magic lady. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm keen on that. We've also got the Lord of the Rings Amazon TV series as well. Yeah, which is going to be happening. Se- going to be set in the Second Age, which is where very little's been written about. So I assume that it's all going to be fucking titties and <laughs> and people swearing and, yeah. and shooting elf heroine and stuff like that that's definitely 100%. what
1: Tolkien would have wanted
0: he he would have wanted an 18 plus rated story out of Lord of the Rings hey, the, Silmar- sure
1: of the Silmarillion is right there <laughs> it's rated 18 plus because it's in, so unintelligible that you can't read it if you're <laughs> under 18 <laughs>
0: cannot decipher the Silmarillion um I tried reading it it is like reading the bible yeah I think I got past like the first page um whereas yeah Lord of the Rings obviously very very easy to read um until you get to the third book when it's just full of songs and you're like just shut the fuck up get on with the story (laughs) yeah I don't want to hear Pippin I don't want to read two pages of Pippin read like singing a song just stop it um i would them.
1: pay for lord of the rings with all songs removed <laughs> you
0: <laughs> yeah, could put I, them into
1: a separate text and make a musical yeah there.
0: have have a little appendix of songs um yeah um but but yeah they're they're generally easy to read but still marillion gadzooks that is a
1: you're aware of uh, the um punk rock singer ted leo ted leo and the pharmacists no, he's, he's an american um punk rock guy who i really like um and he appear often appears on the um the Jonathan Colton cruise you know Jonathan Colton the geek man singer man yeah, yeah yeah he does a cruise every year ted leo is often one of his performers and he does a thing where he he just like gets up in front of a crowd and reads a random passage from the silmarillion it's gold <laughs> amazing so i've watched a few amazing. of those
0: um what i want of course is if if this lord of the rings tv series goes well um I want the uh, Tom Bombadil spin-off. No, just just Tom Bombadil action.
1: I hate Tom Bombadil.
0: I want I want I want a Tom Bombadil crossover with Baby Yoda. I want Tom Bombadil hanging out with Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda would disown him
1: because Baby Yoda has taste.
0: <laughs> How dare you, Tom Bombadil? Um, a man with godlike powers, and they're like, "Hey, why don't you take the ring?" And he just shrugs his shoulders and says, no, "I don't want to." <laughs> it's brilliant.
1: I'm Sorry, and now I'm going to sing a song for ten pages, and <laughs> it's great. skip through a field of wheat. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really I'm pretty brilliant.
1: sure Tom Bombadil's an, an anagram of abomination.
0: But he he's like a he's a he's a he's an author um self-insert isn't he tom
1: oh i see right yeah
0: i think i think that was kind of the, the the reason um for him because he sort of explains doesn't he that i've been here since the first falls of rain and the first sunlight um before Sauron was around before I've forgotten the name of the fella before Sauron. There was someone before Sauron, wasn't there? Another big part. Yeah, I can't remember. Um which I assume is what the T the, the V series is going to be about.
1: I can't remember because at that point I'm just thinking, shut the fuck up and take the hobbits to Isengard.
0: <laughs> let let the let the hobbits get on with their journey. <laughs> um yeah, no, Tom Bombersil, big big beardy fella who has godlike powers and just smokes weed with his wife all day um what a great fella that's the show that you we should all we should all try and be more like tom bombadil (laughs) let's be honest even even you must agree that if less of us gave shits to the level that tom bombadil doesn't give a shit the world would be a better place
1: i can't argue with that
0: yeah (laughs) hashtag i stand for tom bombadil (laughs) yeah Get it, tr- get it trending, everyone. We we need some Tom Bombadil justice, justice for Tom Bombadil. Um, anyway, <laughs> how the hell did how the hell did we get onto Tom Bombadil from the remains of the day?
1: I genuinely have no idea. There's no actor link or anything. I think we went from Game of Thrones and then that got us into a fantasy hole because some of the people oh, in, this were in Game of yes. Thrones, yeah. right? No, that's right. That's yeah.
0: right. Um, uh, any right? Uh, is there anything else you want to say
1: about um, the other of the day? Just that it's really good, and I I love it, and I think that everyone should see it. You kind of probably have to be in the mood for it because it's um it looks like it's about English stuffiness, and in a way it is, but the the drama of it is, and the performances are absolutely gripping. I mean, it, it's Emma Thompson month. Let's just highlight like that Emma Thompson's performance is as good as Anthony Hopkins as well, and um, her. Her role in it as um, as a housekeeper, you know, she still has that kind of deference as well in built into her role. Um, and that's apparent when, you know, she says that she'll quit if um, if the um, two um, Jewish girls are, are fired and then she doesn't. And then she's like, well, I've got nowhere else to go. And it's sort of that that dependence on it as well and it's just yeah her as a tragic figure as well she's similarly tragic to him but at least she goes and tries to do something about it by marrying mr ben not the cartoon that's the name of the character
0: (laughs) yeah mr ben um yeah it's it's her, her character journey is really interesting actually it's sort of um an, an escape from this structure into a different structure and and by the end of the movie you realize that there's no there's no happiness there
1: um no she seems happy because her daughter's going to have a baby and she's going to be around for her but she just said that her marriage was over and then you're not sure whether it is or not and that ambiguity is fine um because it you know reminds us that you know happiness is complex and happiness is fleeting and all of those things but the the way that she gets that across on film is is just it's just brilliant it's peerless
0: yes yeah 100 she, percent. she's fantastic
1: yeah and she never quite gets fully exasperated with him does she because that would be too much within the it, confines it would, of this it film would. it would just be too much you can tell that every every second she's on screen she wants to like yell at him and she never does even during some really really intense moments and that's kind of that's masterful acting and writing as well
0: Yes, no, it's it's uh, it's 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 like you said. It 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 perfectly matches the characters. It perfectly matches the tone and the theme of the movie as well. Um, it, it would have been too much if there was that big old emotional Michael Bay scene <laughs> where the the the, 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 remains the, <laughs> the remains of the bay it's on fire, the remains of the bay where the house explodes and she's like, "I love you, you fool," and he goes, "I don't care. I must see to Mister." Chappy, yeah,
1: Mister Chappy, Lord Chappy—that's Chappie. his name—and then Christopher <laughs> Reeve rips off his shirt, and underneath there's an S.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh dear.
1: So no, this is um, good, and I—I I enjoyed rewatching it. I could rewatch it any number of times. Not, you know, you'd have to leave time between each rewatch, but it's. uh yeah, it's a film that has layers and is is very very intense um, and is slow but well paced. It's long, but the length is justified. It's yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. It it is a long movie. It's a dense movie. Um, so yeah, it's not something you can rewatch regularly, but it is it is it is truly fantastic.
1: Good. I'm really glad um, you enjoyed it because it's yeah yeah it's has, yeah like, a special place in my heart.
0: I hadn't I hadn't watched this in a really long time. Um, I can't even remember when i when I saw it. I've only seen it the once before, probably must have been on television at some point or something yeah, um but um But yeah, it it is truly brilliant. And um, yeah, you you should all go and watch it. So I've got just... I just wanted to bring up one bit of trivia for you because I think this is very sad and very unfair. Um, It was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Screenplay Adapted from Another Medium um, as the sort of big ones. Uh, But it didn't win an Oscar in any of the eight categories it was nominated for. Ouch. Which is which is harsh.
1: So what were the winners that
0: year? Let's have a look at 1993 Oscars. 1993? Well, I suppose it might have fallen into 1994. I'm not sure when the... Um... So I think it must have been the year after. Let's have a look at the 1994 Oscars. So it lost to Schindler's List. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. A
1: similarly intense film.
0: Uh, which yeah, which it lost to in Best Picture and Best Director. Um, Anthony Hopkins lost to Tom Hanks in Philadelphia for Best Actor. Oh, that's um, probably fair. Holly Hunter won for The Piano. Oh, okay, um, not seen that. Which I don't know if I've seen The Piano either, actually. Um... And then, yeah, um, lost to Schindler's List for material previously produced or published. okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I think probably not going to win that year. Bad year to come out. Probably should have released it another year.
1: Yeah. They just, yeah, they had no idea what they were doing, did they?
0: <laughs> Absolute fools. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you looked at the year afterwards, Forrest Gump won. Um, everything, so probably could have done better against Forrest Gump. I'd say. I think this is a better movie than Forrest Gump. We can talk I've about Forrest Never seen it Gump all the way through. Point. Have you not? Is that I've seen because of-
1: a bit in the middle when it was on TV?
0: Ah, uh, okay, okay. So it's not as though you started watching it, went this is awful, and then turned it off.
1: No, I just never got around to it. Yeah.
0: Well, we can, we should watch Forrest Gump at some point. Yeah, I don't um,
1: object to it. The bit I saw then- in the middle where he was up on a big on stage in a big rally. Um, that was interesting I enjoyed that
0: oh well, there we go but then I had to go and um, put the
1: bins out <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh the bins the true destroyer of, of, Such of, life. of movie watching um, but anyway yeah, that, that's all the I butler. wanted butler. there's a man who
1: knows about taking out the bins
0: he <laughs> spends all his life taking out the bins he can never find the time to fall in love yep how's about that um, but anyway right so how, <laughs> how how are we going to rank the remains of the day uh, let's see
1: how many Nazi sympathisers visited your house this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a terrible thing because it's going to be a high score. <laughs> we can cut. Um, I can
1: cut this out and frame you. Yeah.
0: Um, it's going to be. I'm not even going to say it myself. You can be the one who said those vile words. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. It's going to be a total of 17 for me. Um, it's a great movie. I'm taking a little bit off just because it is quite. It's long. Quite a dense, it's a quite a dense film. It's quite long. And so it's not something that you can just watch over and over again. So but it's it a bit of a Kendall truly, mint cake, isn't it? it? It is a Kendall mint cake. To get through it, you'll need to have a Kendall mint cake, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is, it is, it is great, isn't it? Really great.
1: Yeah. I'll go one higher and just give it an 18. And also say I hate Kendall mint cake.
0: Well, the thing about Kendall mint cake is you're not really meant to eat it just as a snack are you no it's uh it's a uh, it's something to have when you climb a mountain to give you energy
1: yeah for sure but i mean my my choice of energy bar would be would be a cliff white chocolate and macadamia over a kendall mint
0: you wouldn't go for a uh a, a, a cheeky mint cake
1: no no I but that um, imagine though,
0: imagine though paddy you're there you're the winds in your face it's cold you got frost in the beard and you're like you know what i need my mouth to match the weather outside
1: mm, no i think because i have done that remember almost <laughs> yes. yeah, well, yeah yeah two years since i was in the arctic circle riding with my husky boys it was a good time
0: yeah i love, I, I don't i don't dislike mint cake i've i've had it before when hiking it's it's it does the job for me at least, um, but obviously I, I'd I'd rather have a pizza delivery by drone. Oh yeah, if obviously. I needed, if I if I needed energy on the mountain.
1: Yeah. So what are we watching next?
0: <laughs> um, right. So, it's Stranger Than Fiction next.
1: Oh, it? that's right. Yeah, we're concluding Emma Thompson month with Stranger Than Fiction. <laughs> Emma which, Thompson month. Yeah, she has another very very important and interesting role
0: yes yeah no it's a a great movie I've not watched it in ages no me me neither and it's one that
1: I think is underrated as well so I think it'll be it's always interesting to discuss those kinds of films actually a lot of people I think didn't see it at the time
0: yeah yeah no I I agree so yeah looking forward to uh, looking forward to rewatching this one brilliant Cool. Well,
1: you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. You can email us BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. There's a link in the show notes to where you can give us money. It's just like a tip jar, no obligations or anything. Um, And we'll be back next week to talk about Stranger Than Fiction.
0: Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye.